everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to talk about the importance of actually rejecting lies and not just kind of brushing them under the rug or ignoring them as you move on with your life. The initial thoughts for this episode started, oh gosh, probably a couple of months ago as I was unboxing some of the last boxes of junk that we have from moving. So it's been over a year since I've been in my house, but you know, those last few boxes of stuff just kind of keep sitting there. You have to figure out what I'm doing with them. So I'm unboxing boxes and I come across my old Children's Institute photo memory albums. Now, Children's Institutes were something that I taught back in the cult days. And Bill Gothard had this thing called the Basic Seminar that was kind of like the introductory seminar to his whole realm of craziness. And lots of people went to the to the basic seminar, especially back in like the 70s and 80s and 90s. And by the time I was teaching Children's Institutes, it was early 2000. So I started in 2000, 2001, did a few in 2002. And then as I was getting out of everything, stopped doing them. But you would teach the children kind of like a kid's version of the stuff the parents were learning in the basic seminar. And so I loved kids, and I thought it'd be a great idea to go and teach these children the things that I believed. And I look back on this time in my life, and I'm like, great, I was brainwashing children. So fantastic. Hopefully, they don't remember anything that I taught them. And uh, so the first year that I started teaching Children's Institutes was in 2000. I did my first one in Detroit, and then I came over to Grand Rapids and taught one here in Grand Rapids, which is funny because now I live near Grand Rapids. And I specifically remember going to the Gerald Ford Museum on our day off. We went to a park, and I have a very, very vivid memories of this big open field where everyone played soccer. There was a creek running through it. I now know that it was Townsend Park. So weird. And we were at this big church. I knew there was a gym. I knew there was classrooms we used, but that's about all I remembered. And so I'm going through my box of memories and my little photo memory albums, and I come across my name tag I had stuck in the photo album. And on the name tag is the name of the church that I recently left, that I attended for five years. I was like, wait a minute. I did my children's institute at the church that I just was at for the last five years. Like they were the ones that hosted Gothard's seminar. And I started having this like weird moment here of like, what the heck is going on? And I remember my parents saying that they thought that's where they had come back in the day, like when I was 13. So like years before that, 1994, to go to the basic seminar with me for the first time. They're like, yeah, we went to that church. And I was like, no, I'm sure it wasn't that church. That church is so more modern. It's more, you know, they would never be Gothard people. This is crazy. And here on my name tag, staring me in the face, is the name of my former church. It felt very weird. It also started to make sense of some things that I had experienced there. And I I needed to know, okay, so they used to support Gothard, obviously. They let him use their building for his seminar and drew in, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people. Did they ever disapprove of his teachings? Did they ever disavow? Did they ever unsupport him? I really needed to know that. 
And so I started doing some digging. I talked to a former pastor's wife who had been a pastor's wife during that time when um, I had been there in 2000. And she remembered Gothard. She remembered people in leadership talking about Gothard, that he was kind of a niche thing. He was kind of a fringy element, but they thought he was fine because he was doing a great job training children and families. And she had heard really positive things about him and never remembered hearing anything negative or that he was ever rejected. And I knew there were people who used to be in ATI, that's Gothard's Advanced Training Institute or his homeschool program, who had gone to this church back in the day and were not there anymore, but I knew that they had gone there as ATI people. And there were some people in the church currently that seemed to have some ATI roots. So then I went to the current executive pastor and I asked him about this whole Gothard thing. And he's new enough that he had never even heard of Bill Gothard. He had no idea what I was talking about. No idea what IBLP was, the Institute in Basic Life Principles, like no clue. So he has no idea. So I'm like, okay, interesting. (laughs) It doesn't appear that any of this was ever rejected. And I want to talk about the importance of rejecting lies today. When lies are not rejected in such a very clear and purposeful fashion, especially subtle lies, twisted truth, things that are almost true, they tend to just sit in your heart and fester and they still affect your life. So even as you have moved on from maybe, you know, the standards or the legalism or the rules that you follow, if these lies are not rejected, they will still affect you subtly in your heart. And I remembered At one point in time, when I first started going to this church, like, you know, five, six years ago now, probably, I met with one of their pastors, who's also a counselor, in a counseling kind of session, just one time. And I remember talking to him about Gothard, and he was familiar with Gothard, and he thought that Gothard was wrong and terrible, was very clearly let me know, like, that's not true. And it's curious to me, because he was back then as well at the church. And so here is people who are rejecting Gothard. And yet the church as a whole, it seems, has never actually rejected Gothard and his teachings. Why does this matter? Like I said, people, if you don't reject lies, they tend to be there subtly. But it matters because I know somebody, I don't know them personally, but I've seen them. I recognized them at the church from my children's institute She was in the picture of my people who went ahead and taught this institute, and she's still there at the church today. And she still looks as though she were in ATI. Now, you have to understand, if you don't have a background in ATI, Bill Gothard was very much into people not getting married. He wanted you to stay single, and he wanted you to serve in his different training centers around the world, and he wanted you to be single. He was he was single himself and singleness was very much like elevated. Relationships were made to seem awkward. I mean, it was <laughs> you hardly knew the opposite gender, so how in the world are you supposed to actually you know, get them and get to know them enough to marry them and then to have a relationship with them? Like super super awkward stuff. But this woman who's probably close to my age is still single and she is still looking very much like we did back in the day, 20 years ago or more. Same hairstyle, same clothing, same everything. And I think to myself, like if she has never been told this is wrong 
and these teachings are lies, like she's still trapped in these things that she was taught and ingrained in. And if you weren't in that program, you don't understand the depth of the lies, the depth of the fear, the depth of the twisted everything, the depth of just the junk that you believe about yourself and about God and about the world around you. So these lies need to be rejected. I also, when I was at the church, felt this deep under, like just undercurrent of ultra-conservative, homeschooling, kind of like a group of people. And I'm fine if you want to homeschool. I have no problem with that. And if you are ultra-conservative, that's your choice. I'm not going to be condemning you for that either. But when there is an attitude of us versus them and we're right and we're more holy and anybody who isn't like us is wrong, that triggers me because that reminds me so much of how I grew up in Bill Gothard's cult of like, we are the ones that are right. We're the ones that are holy. We're the ones that are righteous and the rest of the world is worldly and evil and wrong and not actually following God. And that attitude is just really dangerous. Um, I felt a lot of gender roles there, a lot of stereotyping of gender roles I never really felt like I fit in because I was a working mom with short hair and I only had two kids. And that's kind of a weird feeling. But as I saw the background that this church is holding that has never been rejected, like purposefully rejected, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think there are probably people there who have been there for years and who were Gothard supporters and maybe still are. And even as they've drifted away from maybe the, the hardcore IBLP stuff, they still have these lies and twisted truths and ways of seeing the world and ways of seeing scripture and ways of seeing God and ways of seeing standards and religious rules that are ingrained in their heart. And guys, if we don't reject lies, verbally, outwardly reject lies, they will fester in our hearts. And I still feel like there is this need to constantly be talking about preferences versus like actual theological truths at the church. I heard this so many times while I was there. Like, these are your preferences and you can go ahead and do whatever you want, but you know, we can't just push our preferences on people. Then we have convictions and then we have actual theological truth. And part of me has to wonder, like, is the reason that we have to keep having these conversations and we have to keep having these sermon series on this preferences versus actual theological truth because there is this undercurrent of lies and twisted truth and Gothard junk that is still there. And people who are living in these lies and in these standards and in these rules thinking that they are pleasing God and getting the blessings and successes that Gothard promised and so because we're not dealing with the actual root problem, is this why we are still struggling with these things? And so I just feel this deep sense of just saying to you guys, like it is so important to reject the lies, to actually verbally acknowledge them as lies and reject them as lies so that we can move into freedom and into truth. Twisted truth is the most dangerous thing. It's more dangerous than a blatant, obvious lie. Those things that are almost true are so dangerous because they appear to be truth. Guys, I call out lies. I want to be a part in naming them and in spreading truth. I think it's very important to repent 
and to reject them, to repent of our own part in spreading them. Like I talk about my time doing the CIs and I'm like, that was wrong. Like I was spreading twisted truth to these children and I hate that I was a part of that. And in my Substack this morning, I talked about a time when I went and sat across the table from these two parents of a 13-year-old girl who was in deep depression and was harming herself. And as a thought I know everything, late teen, early 20-something, I gave them a diagram from my cult and tried to walk them through the reasons behind why their daughter was depressed like this. And it was complete bogus. It was baloney. It was lies. I had the best of intentions, but I was wrong. And so for the sake of people that are still stuck in those lies, that are still stuck in the way they believe of who God is, the way they see who God is, the way they believe things about themselves, we must call them out. We must call those lies out and say that is wrong and that is a lie because we want people to be free. We want people to know that God is real. We want them to know the real God, not this fake version that they have in their head of him and not this religious trying to appease him and do the right things to follow him kind of thing. We want them to be free. I called out partial truths in my Substack this morning. I called out a surf shop that I was at in Florida. And just the kind of healing faith, name it, claim it, bit charismatic kind of stuff. I'm not opposed to a genuine move of the Holy Spirit, you guys. I think God really does heal. I'm opposed to formulas. I'm opposed to come into my prayer corner, let me drape a shawl over top of you and write you with oil and pray over you and declare you healed. And here's my formula for how to do it. Like I'm opposed to that kind of stuff. I'm opposed to formulas. I'm opposed to ways that we can manipulate God and try to force him to do things. I'm opposed to this fake little God that you can control. I want you to know the real God who is bigger than you can ever imagine, who does not allow you to control him, who wants to know you and who wants you to know him, but is way more invested in your spiritual health and your spiritual healing than he is in your physical healing or in your wealth or in your comfort in this world. I want people to find truth. And so I am willing to be called judgmental. I am willing to be called cynical. I am willing to be called whatever name I have to be called for you to know the truth, for you to hear the truth about the real God who made you, who loves you, who died for you, who is restoring you as you trust in him, and who has such a better plan for us than just having a perfect world where we can just be happy. That's going to happen someday in heaven. Like It's going to be amazing. But right now we live in this broken world. We live in this place of tension and paradox and we live in a place of pain and it just is what it is. And there's no magic formula to make it happen, to make it better. There's no religious rules that you can follow to guarantee blessings and success. There's just a God who wants to walk with us in the middle of it all. Guys, lies keep us from the real God. Truth draws us to him. And so to the best of my ability, I am going to be a person who speaks truth because I want you to know God. And so I don't call out surf shops or churches or speakers or anybody else in an attempt to judge them or condemn them. But because like a prophet of old, I want the truth to be known. I want everyone to come to the living God and I want people to be free and whole and healed in a way that only God, the real God, can do. So thanks for listening to this little passionate, um, whatever you want to call it, as I talk about just 
the importance of understanding truth and of calling it out and speaking it clearly and rejecting those lies in a very clear way. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to have you join me over on my Substack at christylynnwood.substack.com for newsletters, notes, and a community of people who are searching for the real God.